I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Zoom room. We got Clay Mills. Yeah. And here today, uh, we're going to be talking about how to write songs for artists that you can pitch to outside artists. So this is going to be, we're going to be talking about how to, to write things that are pitchable to artists out there that are, whether they're major label artists or indie artists, that kind of thing. Some things you need to take into consideration. Um, and number one, I'll, I'll kick us off, Clay. I think number one is to make sure that they cut outside songs. You know, Absolutely. so if you look, you know, at a Taylor Swift record, you will quickly see that Taylor writes all her own music. So unless you're able to get in the room with Taylor, which Clay and I have not done yet, uh, you're not going to be getting a song on the Taylor Swift record. And and but we often have people come to us in Songtown and say, hey, I, I wrote this song for, let's say, Kelsey Ballerini. <clears throat> you know, can you help me get it to her? And we have to say, hey, you know, if you do a little bit of research, you'll find out that Kelsey also has written everything that she's ever put out. So it, that's number one. You have to make sure that you're writing for an artist that actually does cut outside songs. And when you look at those credits, let's say you go to Spotify or Apple Music and you look at the credits, you will see that uh, many artists write their own music. So it kind of, you can narrow the field if you um, cull out those artists and you're only focusing on artists that, out, that cut outside songs. Any thoughts on that, Clay? Yeah, you know, I ran into this the other day, a Songtown member emailed me and said, hey, I was on this pitch site and they there was they were asking for songs for Kelsey Ballerini and Darius Rucker. And, and I'm going, OK, well, I, Kelsey doesn't cut any outside songs and Darius Rucker, you know, I've had hits with him. I know he, you know, generally does not cut any outside songs either. They want to be in the writing room. So even if, if, even if you're signed up for one of these quote pitch services, um, you got to be careful that you do your homework and make sure that, um, you know, cause I see a lot of these services out there doing that kind of thing. So do your homework. Yeah. And, th and that's not the kind of research, you know, you don't go by the pitch services that you're paying to pitch your music because no. they might just have everybody that's an artist on there, you know, um, that leads to the next point, though. What you do need to do is really research the artist because you you don't want to pitch the artist the, a song with the same title as a song that was on their last record. For instance, that shows that you know nothing about what that artist does. You know, if you, if you don't even know uh, what they cut on their last record, much less their last four or five records, maybe uh, you danger in you're in danger of pitching them something that it's just too similar to what they've already done, which is a great way to burn a bridge. So you want to research the artist and kind of, you know, find out what they've done, the progression of their records. So, you know, have they been getting more and more pop as they go along? Have they been getting more and more country? Um, if they're a pop artist, have they been incorporating, you know, rap elements into their music or what kinds of people do they have featuring on, on their music? All that kind of stuff can really help you narrow down what kind of thing you want to write for that artist. You know, I do a lot of research on allmusic.com. You can type in any artist. It'll pull up all of their albums. They'll give you credits, who's written on it. So if I want to see, does this artist cut outside songs? 
I can easily see the credits on every song they've recorded. Um, and you can also kind of look at the trajectory of, of where their career has gone from, from the beginning to where it is now. So if, if I'm sitting down to write a song, let's say if I want to write a song tomorrow for Blake Shelton, I'll, I'll look at his catalog on all music and I'll go, okay, well, I've got a title in my catalog I thought would be perfect for him, but it looks like he's already recorded that title three albums ago. So um, that's, that's a real handy um, website, allmusic.com, for anything related um, to credits on an album. You know, I wonder, too, do they actually have all music on there? I mean, like <laughs> all of it? Because that's, that's a lot. I've found most of it, you know, every once in a while there'll be something missing, but yeah. Maybe they should call it mostmusic.com yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we, almost music. Almost music, yeah. Well, you know, and the next thing I, I would say to look at it, and I think, Clay, you can comment on this in a second. Um, each artist typically has three to four categories of things that they do. So a Carrie Underwood does... Uh, savvy ballads she does story songs and she does angry female songs like before he cheats and if you do your homework on those you'll find that she writes most almost all of her ballads she writes almost all of her story songs but rarely does she write one of those angry female songs mm -hmm. so if you want to get a cut with carrie underwood your best shot's going to be to write that angry female kind of song <clears throat> and you know i've discovered that what the, the artists, the kind of things they want to say doesn't change all that much. But musically, that can really evolve. So I thought, Clay, you might speak to that because I, I think the evolution of, of artists tends to be much more musical than it is lyrical. Yeah, it does evolve lyrically from the standpoint of, you know, if you're looking at a lyric, okay, this is much more of a rapid fire lyric, but that is, you know, dictated by the fact that the music is doing that. Um, but you're right. Subject matter. I mean, there's it's life. There's only so many things we can write about. Um, but musically, I think the big thing that's happened over the last couple of years is that there is just way more contrast between sections of a song that when, you know, when I do my melody masterclass, we're looking at all the songs on the charts and people often remark to me, they're like, wow, it sounds like there's three different songs here within this one song. And it's because there's so much contrast going on between sections. And I think that, you know, melodically, I mean, I can show you things melodically that never change, um, that, that will always be there, but they're you know, faster paced lyrics, more inner rhymes. I mean, lyrically, that's something that probably has changed over, you know, the last 10 years more where there's more inner rhymes happening and more rhyme interplay. Um, but, I, you know, there's, I would say production is really where things, I call production fashion. It's, it's the clothes you wear. And then the song, if you have a solid song, it's like your body. So I try to always have a great idea um, that's going to fit an artist and write it with melodies that are contemporary. But, you know, the production is going to be a lot of that musical side that makes it, you know, contemporary. 
Yeah, you know, and I think if you look at an artist like a Blake Shelton or a Katy Perry, they're not going to change fundamentally who they are or what they want to say. I mean, they, they're pretty solid in their sense of self and their brand as an artist. And that's why those things lyrically and topically may not change all that much. You know, Katie's going to sing empowering female songs. She's going to sing songs that are kind of edgy. Um, Blake's going to be kind of down the middle country of, you know, just a regular old country boy. And they're not going to surprise you a whole lot lyrically, but they're always looking to surprise their audience with, a little bit different flavor musically or -hmm. production wise. And part of that's because they don't want to sound dated. You know, um, Katie doesn't want to cut a record that sounds like her record five years ago, because that's going to seem outdated to to everybody. So they're always looking to push the envelope and and change and evolve musically, but still remain true to who they are. And the more you can pick up. Oh, go ahead, Clay. Even with um, say Taylor Swift, she will go back like, um, you know, a couple of years ago, she put out when COVID first hit, she put out kind of a real folky kind of record. But even though she she reached back and put out a very retro sounding record, it was nothing like even her early stuff that was country. So they're constantly evolving and they might chase, you know, Bruno Mars might go back to the 80s with his synthesizers and horns and grooves. But he's not going to repeat himself. He's always going to be pushing and breaking new ground. So if you're writing for an artist musically, you you can't sound like the artist sounded in 1990. You can't sound like the artist calls, you know, from 1990 and wants their song back. It's just not going to get you very far. I've heard you tell people in Songtown this kind of analogy of like, when you're, when you're writing for artists, you're trying to be the quarterback throwing the football where they're going to be next. Yeah. Not, you're not throwing it where they are at this moment. you got to kind of lead them and, and pitch the ball out there beyond where they are. And that's why it really takes a lot of research and study to figure out where, they're been, where they've been, where they're going, so that you can pitch them something that's going to be kind of down the road a little bit from what they've done in the last record or two. Yeah. You know, and also sometimes you can get clues if an artist has their own Spotify playlist or channel that they're they're, you know, putting music that they're into. Maybe they're into this last six months. They're into listening to a lot of a certain artist that you wouldn't even thought of that they would be listening to. And so that can give you some clues that they're kind of ramping up to go in that direction because they're really into that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, so often when we, you know, we talk to people about pitching music or people come to us and say, so for instance, I had someone recently play me this song and musically it was right on for Miranda Lambert, but topically it was talking about, um, she got broken up with and she's sitting home eating a TV dinner, feeling sorry for herself on Friday night. And my comment was musically, this is right on for her. Topically, she's probably not going to be the victim, you know, in all of her songs. She's like, if she gets hurt, she's going to be out there looking great and, and hitting on guys and, you know, the next weekend kind of deal. So you have to be sure that musically and lyrically you're on target. Uh, for the artists that you're pitching to. And that one reason that a lot of times we recommend to people that you don't 
do your demo in a way that it really defines too much what it has to be. You know, a, a guitar vocal or piano vocal, if it communicates the song well, is going to sound the same in 10 years as it does today. It's, I mean, it's not going to fe- seem outdated, but Clay and I, you, you and I both have uh, tons of demos from the past that really sound dated now because we did what was contemporary at the time. Uh, and now that we look back or try to play those songs for someone, uh, they they go, oh, wow, this this is great for the 90s, but it just doesn't feel like today. And it's not so much the song necessarily. It may just be the production, yeah. like you talk and, about the fashion. And that's changed a lot. Like there was a time where we really needed tricked out, fully produced demos. And now in most of my co-writes, everyone's kind of like, yeah, let's do kind of a vibey guitar with a drum loop and that's it like very stripped down and raw and let the song kind of speak for itself do you have a great title you know is your melody good is your are your lyrics really making people feel something and letting the song speak more than hitting them over the head with this you know great sounding demo and one of the the things i teach in my lyric master class is the idea of writing around the edges for an artist too it's like you know too often people will come to me with something just like my song must be doing something right and say, Hey, would you help me get this to Billy Carrington? And I'm like, well, that was 15 years ago when he did that song. And um, he's moved on from that, you know, plus he's already done that kind of thing, you know, like you were talking about, they're not going to repeat themselves, you know? So what you kind of have to do is go, okay, here's the body of what they've done. What's something maybe they haven't thought of that's still around the edges of that or, you know, or in the realm of of what they do, but it's not just right down the center of things that they've already done. And, you know, it's a fun um, guessing game to to work for artists like that way to go, you know, let me try to think up something that they haven't done that might that might be really cool for them to do, you know, and I try to put myself in the artist's shoes. Like, you know, I read interviews, I, I try to get in, you know, what, where's their head right now? One time Kenny Chesney, for instance, said, man, we've played 267 shows this year. I'm looking forward to going to the islands for a couple of months and not doing anything. And I go, okay, if, if that's my mindset, what kind of song would I want to sing right now? You know, and it's songs about kicking back and, you know, chilling out and, and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so you know, the, the more you can get in an artist's head, the more likely you're going to be able to write something that sounds authentic for them. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it has to be. It's kind of like we're speech writers for a politician. So the words have to sound authentic coming out of that politician's mouth or nobody's going to believe them. And it's the same thing when we're writing the pitch to artists. If it doesn't sound authentic coming out of Demi Lovato's mouth, there's no need me pitching it to her, you know, or, or any other artist. For me, you know, it, it, it's great to do the research, um, but don't get so caught up in guessing what the artist is going to do that you forget that at the very core, you got to start out with an idea that you are excited about. You have to feel it. You have to, to relate to it. And I think once you have that great idea that you feel strongly about, you can tailor it you know, in a certain direction. Um, but I always look, like to start off with something that that really gets me excited. And I, I think a lot of people 
um, that are dying to get that first big artist cut can forget that sometimes. I had someone come to me one time, they knew I had written a book and they, they, they said, um, you know, Hey, I want to write a book, you know, help me. How do I get started? And I said, well, what do you want to write a book about? And they go, I don't know. I just want a boat. <laughs> and I said, you want to write a book cause you want a boat. And they said, yeah, I don't care what the book's about. I just want to make some extra money and buy a boat. And I said, that's probably not going to happen because you got to have something you're excited about or that you're passionate about or nobody's going to buy your book. Same thing with your song. So that's a great point, Clay. You got if, if you don't get excited about it, then nobody else is either. It's kind of like this reverse. Since marketing, online marketing has become this big thing, I kind of have this pet peeve that I get emails and they go, what would you like to learn? And they want me to tell them what they should be teaching me. And, and at some point, I want to I learn from somebody that has spent their life learning something. They're an expert at it. And they have something to offer me rather than a marketing person that's just going to throw together a course and right. call themselves an expert at it. And it's just a weird kind of thing we're in right now where... Let's let's ask someone who hasn't done it yet what they think they need. And we just give that to them. And it's like if I'm learning something, I may not know what I need to learn. Like I may be way off base. So I want you to be the expert and tell me. Exactly. And that's one of the things we, you know, we go through all the time in Songtown is we have what people think they need and we have what we know they need because we've walked that road and we've done it for 25 years, you know? And, and so, you know, we try to walk the line between, you know, helping people understand what they really need. Sometimes it's different than what they want or, yeah. or what their perception is. Yeah. Sometimes you need a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. As, I heard that somewhere. As that old musical said. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for being with us today. We will see you soon. Join in next Tuesday and uh, we'll be talking about how you can best write with an artist. So if you have an artist in the room, what yes. you should do. I so love take that. Care. Take care, y'all. Thank you for sharing this bit of time with us. Uh, we want to leave you with a song. Uh, we've got one submitted from a listener who's an Italian songwriter that lives in Germany. And this is called Hold Me by Nico Rizzuto. And I'm going to play you a verse and a chorus. Hope you enjoy. Songtown has writers from all over the world who write all different genres. We invite you to check us out. Uh, we got a bunch of links in the show notes. Uh, but here's our song, Hold Me. Let my fears run wild and kill
kept it all inside But now I want you to hold me Let me drown in your arms Just hold me Help me tear down this dam that holds me And my love back from you Hold me No more drifting apart Now hold me Cross the river in your heart and hold me like you'll never